Welcome to the Modern Work Podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Conaway. Though this podcast so far has featured hour-long, one-on-one interviews with people about their education, careers, and passion projects, I also will be including other types of episode content. For example, I'll edit together segments from interviews into themed episodes, such as being on remote year, or going to art school, or working as a developer. I may do features on certain tools and apps that people use in their work today, or discuss research about modern work-related topics like open offices, or distributed teams, or work-life balance. Today, I'm going to read an essay I wrote on LinkedIn earlier this month. It explains the impetus and context, and basically, I thought it would be a good fit for the podcast because it's one of the first times I've gotten my thoughts together in a cohesive manner on the topic of the digital nomad lifestyle and the purpose of travel writing, both of which are personally important to me and also trending topics today. The link to my original essay will be in the show notes for this episode, which you can find on modernworkpodcast.com episodes, where you can also see a list of all our episodes and interviews published so far. Without further ado, here's the essay. Oh, the 52 places you could go with the New York Times. My morning flat white, freshly made, and Cape Town's Table Mountain looming hazy across Flower Beach. I opened up my laptop and checked my email. Curiosity tapped one open from a friend first. Thought of you for this, and a link. The New York Times had just released a job posting, a writer to visit the destinations listed in their 52 places to go in 2017. Their Facebook post announcing it went viral. 14,000 reactions, 7.3 thousand comments, 5,000 shares. At first glance, it looked like the opportunity for a dream vacation. Visit 52 top destinations in a year? But actually, it's a tremendously demanding job and an important one. I spent 15 plus hours working on my application and thinking through what this role really meant and would entail. One, the rigor of visiting 52 places in 52 weeks. Two, the standard of New York Times journalism and the impact on local economies. Three, the importance of educational and culturally appreciative storytelling. Four, the awareness of your role and privilege as a traveler. Number one, the reality. Thinking about how their itinerary might actually work, I made a spreadsheet of the New York Times 52 places to go in 2017, categorized and sorted them by continent, and mapped out the destinations. Even the most efficient approach would mean no more than 10 days in one country at a time, for an entire year on the road. While some business travelers may spend Monday to Thursday away from home, they exist almost exclusively in offices, hotels, or in transit, not engaging in cultural discovery in a new destination every week. They have a routine, a base, and a community. Traveling for a year, especially while working, means this opportunity is not a vacation. It will be real life. It will be challenging and uncomfortable. Take all the elements of normal, everyday life. Work, eating, sleep, chores, relationships, personal needs. And then magnify any challenges due to constant change and upheaval. Take away all your routine comforts and and known quantities and do all of that for an extended period of time. I would know. Most of my post-grad adult life, 
six and a half of nine years, has been spent living abroad or traveling, and I've been to 45 countries so far. Currently, I've been on the road nonstop since June of 2014, mostly traveling alone. And over the past five months, I went to a new place every 3.8 days on average, through France, Ireland, Wales, Scotland, Germany, and England, before coming down to Cape Town to start 10 weeks around Africa. I don't just travel, either. I work remotely while I go. I'm neither a backpacker nor living off a trust fund. Alongside my flights, trains, rental cars, planning, and sightseeing, I'm also getting on client calls, delivering work, managing myself as a freelance business. Oh, and I co-authored a book, write essays, and host a podcast, too. It takes a tremendous amount of attention and effort to juggle life, work, logistics, and travel. I might be able to step away from my laptop and Wi-Fi to take advantage of the right weather to climb a mountain one day, but I also have to stay awake late into the night for calls and deadlines and other time zones. I decided to sacrifice my personal relationships for this lifestyle. I miss my friends and family, and I barely date. And don't worry, the BBC asked me about that too. But I have to focus my time and energy on travel, work, and survival. So will whoever gets this job. Two, the impact. The New York Times is one of the top news organizations and media companies in the world. It is the largest in circulation in the USA and has won more Pulitzer Prizes than any other newspaper. Their core purpose, according to their website, to enhance society by creating, collecting, and distributing high-quality news and information. Producing content of the highest quality and integrity is the basis for our reputation and the means by which we fulfill the public trust and our customers' expectations. So this position won't just be a life in motion, a long-term fantasy trip. It is the very important and increasingly critical work of international journalism. How each destination's people and places are portrayed, the recommended restaurants, the way religions are referenced and art is described, this reporting will impact the local tourism industries and economies, and it must be done consciously and intentionally. Inspiration is a beautiful thing, especially for encouraging us to step outside our routine and our comfort zone. However, the rise of idyllic Instagram imagery and travel bloggers has generated a flood of content that highlights popular sceneries, luxurious lifestyles, and glamorously effortless experiences, hashtag blessed, often at the expense of insightful communication. The standard of the New York Times and the oversaturated market of travel writing demand that this writer be capable of thoughtful, culturally sensitive storytelling. Three, culture. The New York Times' 52 Places job posting specifically lists three aspects of their destinations to be consistent through lines of the stories. Which beaches will remain unspoiled? Which architect design museums will live up to their renderings? And which culinary treasures are worth hopping a flight to eat? Two of those won't require much arm twisting for most people to enjoy doing in place after place around the world for a year, relaxing on beautiful beaches and indulging in delicious food. But to not only regularly visit museums, but have an interest in and informed opinion on their design, visitor experience, curatorial perspective, and exhibited artworks is another thing entirely. Since majoring in art history at Williams College, I've visited over 200 museums and institutions worldwide, famed foundations in major cities, and one-room exhibits in small towns. 
from Buenos Aires to Belgrade to Bali. What draws me in every time is that in spite of incredible cultural differences and disparate resources, relatable elements of beauty and pain emerge and the common thread of humanity shines through. As I visit cultural institutions and go on tours, I take copious notes on my phone to keep track of the artwork that made me think as well as how to better engage and communicate with visitors in that particular environment. Must-do tourism recommendations get millions of people through the doors of cultural institutions, but unfortunately, many feel lost and uninspired once there. It doesn't have to be that way. When I take friends through galleries or write about art, I aim to provide the helpful context using my foundation as a student of art history and then encourage their curiosity and exploration with the objects and institutions. Culture is about people, the customs, artworks, achievements, and organizations that humans have always created. Exploring and sharing that is one of the most enriching and engaging things we can do. Four, influence. As travelers, each and every one of us is an ambassador. We are the foreigner. We are visitors in someone's home. And we leave behind an impression just as significant, if not more, than the one we bring back with us. So while we look for the local experience, we shouldn't fetishize it. It's important to recognize that locals are people too, that we are characters in their stories as much as they are in ours. The world is not our theme park. All people and places deserve the same respect we would expect from visitors to our own hometown streets, businesses, and cultural sites. And when we talk about how much travel has changed us and helped us grow, it's worth exploring how and why. Does it make us more tolerant of others? Do we view foreign policy differently? Do we treat immigrants in our communities with kindness and appreciation? We talk about our fabulous movie set sightseeing in Croatia or our favorite new food, pho, from Vietnam but we ignore the needs of refugees and ethical international labor. We love an all-inclusive resort in Cancun, but demand a border wall it excludes. Too often, we compartmentalize instead of synthesize our experiences. History and humanity bind us all together, and our choices today do matter. How we treat our neighbor, where we spend our money, whom we vote for, what we admire and aspire to, it makes a difference. With the privilege of travel writing comes the responsibility of being a representative and an influencer, and that shouldn't be taken lightly. The New York Times 52 Places writer will have a wonderful opportunity to see more of this beautiful world that we live in, but they will also bear the responsibility to use their words to impact local communities in powerful, productive ways and help make cultural institutions more approachable and comprehensible to all visitors. It's an incredible itinerary and storytelling mission, and I can't wait to read about all the places they go. As I mentioned, I'll share the link in the show notes along with the map I referenced making. You can find all episode show notes on modernworkpodcast.com slash episodes. I'm always interested in hearing your feedback. Contact me on the website modernworkpodcast.com or find me on social media I'm Katherine Conaway, C-O-N-A-W-A-Y. Thank you for listening, and please help me spread the word about modern work 
by sharing the podcast with others. I really appreciate it.